The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. There are two sides to the broadcast industry. Content creators and money makers. This podcast is for that second group. Sellers, buyers, managers, anyone with an interest in business. You're all welcome here. This is Seller to Seller. Now, here's your host, Jeff Caves. This isn't for your manager. This isn't for the owner. This isn't for anybody else. This is for you. So I want to approach it from a seller's perspective. So yeah, where's the bonus spots? Hey, I don't want to do cash in advance. This guy's good for it. I mean, there's a lot of those types of things that I want to cover that hopefully together we can get better at. Today is one of those days. And we've all seen rate increases in our personal life it, whether it be gas or grocery or anything else that you're purchasing in the area where I live in Texas, the energy prices have increased. So by bringing on Alec Drake, uh, I really wanted to be timely with some advice on how to handle the rate increase. Go to BSM, go check out the Barrett Sports Media website, the article I wrote about how to just gradually ask for more money to get yourself a pay raise. In conjunction with that, sometimes we're told to ask for more money per spot. And if it's a recurring buy, a buy that comes up every year, a buy that you've been on all the time, a relationship you've had, an agency situation, it can be difficult when you start jacking up the rates on their favorite show that they've bought for years. There's other situations which we'll approach with Alec, I think, that are different. And he has some tremendous concrete ideas in 25 minutes or less to help us all get smarter. So that's what I want to accomplish with seller to seller to make you some more dough, hopefully help you love this business the way I have. And let me introduce you uh, to Alec Drake. He's been in sales management, consulting roles for radio companies, big and small, 40 years, longer than me. For eight years, he traveled all over the world, consulting radio and TV stations on yield and revenue management. We'll learn more about that and terms and conditions. Last year, after 15 years in Dallas as the DOS, the director of sales at seven cumulus radio stations, including the legendary ticket, he began a new mission. He's now creating and sharing content to support radio sales and offering consulting services. That means if you would like some consulting services, you can check Alec out. You can read his published articles every month in Radio Inc. You can hear him co-host a quarterly virtual sales event, which is excellent, called the Encouragers Radio Rally Podcast. His own sales success library is a freebie. That's at Alec with a C, drake.com. Dozens of helpful articles available without cost. So visit and get your library pass. I'll have more details on how you can visit and get more of this podcast and the rest of the Barrett Sports Media Podcast Network. But let's get right to it. How to raise the rates. So, Alec, I wrote a column about, you know, asking for more money, you know, asking for more per spot. Is there such a thing? as a good time or good timing when it, it's time to ask for a rate increase from your clients? And how, how do you handle the timing piece in your opinion? You and I both know from our experience, rates are constantly changing. They should be. As a matter of fact, typically a manager should be putting out new rates every week, at least twice a month minimum. So rates are always kind of in motion. So I think the best thing, uh, if you're gonna, first of all, have a discussion about rates, first of all, make sure your rates are current and that the manager 
will approve the rates that you're going to discuss. I think that save yourself some headache right up front. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of the timing, you know, I think it's always best to talk about future rates when you close your first order. You know, so in terms of the timing, don't wait until there's a rate increase. Manage that conversation up front. Now, a new client may not be comfortable with a long-term commitment, mm -hmm. and you may not be able to lock in rates for a client over a longer period of time because it's their first order. Sure. But, you know, ultimately your responsibility is to prepare them for rate changes. And frankly, when you have that discussion, it may even raise an opportunity to discuss a longer term commitment to keep rates constant as they advertise with you. All right. Do you do you think the whole airlines analogy is best when we talk to clients about that, say, you know, just like the airlines, our prices go up and down, too. And I would say this about that, having seen plenty of your rate cards, not me personally seeing your personal rate cards. How many times do you really go down in a year? Well, there, frankly, there can be times when you go down in the year. Mm -hmm. uh, ratings do have an impact on rate. And, and ultimately, rate is driven by demand. So there's things that can change in the way of demand through the year that actually may change your, your rate position. And, uh, you know, it, it depends on how you're managing ratings. If you're in a rated market, how often those ratings come out, mm -hmm. that obviously could be an impact. Uh, it could be seasonality. There could be other reasons. Uh, frankly, sometimes it could be more dramatic. Maybe there's a new competitor in town. Maybe you maybe maybe you even have a format change. I mean, that's not unheard of. So just be prepared if rates are going up, as we talked about, that you don't surprise your client. Don't make it a surprise. Just thinking back and how you know the explanation about rate goes with a client. Oftentimes, I felt I was taught or I use and still use that, hey, this day part's in demand. Uh, this day's in demand, Wednesday through Saturday for retail. You know, uh, these right. days aren't in demand. Uh, I always felt, though, that that was kind of me focused, right? That's not too focused on the client. Do you think that's a good way to explain it, though? Uh, if you're going to talk about demand, find a way to fit it into the client's business. And, you know, one of the examples... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, is let's say you're in front of the manager or the owner of the shoe store. You know, they've got shoes sitting in the back storage area. They've got shoes sitting in the store and they've got shoes sitting in the window. So if a particular shoe does not sell that day, mm -hmm. they can sell it tomorrow. But we know radio inventory is perishable and limited. So if I'm talking to that shoe owner, I say, imagine if your inventory was only in your store window where you're trying to get attention with your display, but that was your inventory you would be very limited on what you could sell. If a customer walked in, you may not have a specific size. We are much more like your store window than we are like your storage room in the back. Hmm. So you're a, a business person in sales. You're not a salesperson in business. There's a difference. So think about it from the customer's point of view, shift it to their business, to the characteristics of what they deal with. That'll give you a much better way to relate. And then you can talk about demand and it's not about you. Also, don't make demand a single reason to adjust rates. Well, that's a good point. And uh, I like bringing up brick and mortar, too. We got to keep circulating this concept. By the time this podcast gets out there, maybe people say, well, why would these guys be talking about things in display windows? I go to Zappos. <laughs> I don't go down well, the street. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up. I actually read the, the whole uh, autobiography on, on that company, which was a very interesting book. But uh, I, I think in either case, it, it's not about you. It's about them and keep that focus. All right. So Alec, one way that we have a, we can deal with a rate increase. I don't know that this is ideal, but I think it, it certainly happens for a percentage of salespeople 
that we offer some bonus spots to sort of soften the blow. We'll give them some seven P to mids. We'll give them some six A to six A's. Uh, we'll give them essentially any like a liner if we can bonus liners. And some of us know the latitude we have and that we don't have, but we're really trying to justify this day part rate increase by bonusing some inventory. I know in general, you do not like this idea. Uh, no, I'd say if you're talking about bonus spots, yeah. I mean, you know, my, my answer is no. Every unit of inventory has value. You could be in a very small market and maybe it's a dollar a holler, as sure. we used to say. Yeah. And that's okay if that's what that particular piece of inventory is worth. And I think, you know, the, if you're going to be blending day parts and if you're trying to manage, you know, uh, off-demand day parts, work with a rate that's relative to the demand and, and the, the value of that particular day part mm -hmm. and work it into your schedule and help, you know, navigate through uh, rate averaging and all the things that you need to do, but don't do it with bonus spots. Uh, there's ways to bring down your order average rate. And frankly, in some ways you can take maybe a commercial out of morning drive that's a, a more expensive spot. And maybe that enables you to buy three or four in another day part. You know, it's not just about working with the mathematics. If you're moving someone into another day part, you're also doing something else. You're giving them more reach. Right. So maybe, you know, depending on how long they've been in that concentrated schedule area, maybe it's good to say, hey, let's broaden out. This doesn't mean we have to raise your budget, but let's raise the potential for results. What do you think? I know in working at the ticket, I'm sure you had all kinds of requests for maybe uh, the hard line and afternoon drive, or of course the musers and morning drive where fine, Alec, you want us to get 350 now, not 275. Well, the order is going to come back to you 6A to 8A, 4P to 6P. You know, they're going to start cutting off the day parts and customizing them on you. Did you have a, a, a policy to, to day park customization, whether it was allowed or not, or what tariff had to go with that? Well, we actually used to increase rate if you narrow day parts. And, uh, you know, you'll hear me talk about terms and conditions because I'm mm -hmm, a big mm -hmm. believer in it. We had a simple term and condition on our rate card and we worked with it. And that is for every hour you took off a day part, your rate went up 10%. Okay. So it was, it was a rule of thumb. The guy could do it on the, on the fly. Yeah. You know, part of what happens with managers sometimes, uh, you know, you can be a helicopter manager and you're just mm -hmm. staying too close to everything. Mm -hmm. And let's face it, if you're in sales, you, you, you're in sales partly, especially if you're in outside sales, because you're like a certain level of independence. You feel sometimes like you're maybe even an independent contractor. You're a business so person in radio. You just told me that. That's right. So, but you know, even if you're in business, you, you're not going to stay in business if you don't follow certain protocols <laughs> and things that make sense to stay in business. <laughs> right, right. So it's not about, you know, trying to regulate you uh, as, that, as that, a business person, but to give you some benchmarks some guidelines and ways where you can make good decisions. And then, you know, if you want to go that direction with your client, and you want to narrow a day part from, you know, four to six, you're going to change the demand relationship with that inventory. We have to change the price. So I'm not raising the price Actually, you're raising the price. Right. Uh, that's a terms and condition. That's very good. Now, a lot of us try to focus on 12-month contracts. Uh, I always I always do. I like to start there and move back from there. And so when we do that, we've got to get rates. So if I were to, we're, we're broadcasting this uh, uh, podcast here on the 11th of July. And if I were out pitching an annual and starting in August 1, 
I'm going to need rates from, you know, starting in August all the way through July of 2023. So should I be fluctuating those rates and offering rate increases through fourth quarter, maybe back off in first quarter, et cetera, et cetera? Or is there another way to handle it? Well, you're right, Jeff. You know, the, the advantage of the annual contract, long-term contracts, is you can get rate stability. Uh, but we also know that underneath that, uh, again, demand changes, rates are changing, and you know a manager is not putting out a rate card every week just because he like, loves the exercise of doing that. He's trying to reflect, hopefully, what's going on with the inventory and and what it takes to get access to that inventory, because that's really what rate is. It's it's the price of admission, right? Sure. Especially in a high demand situation. So again, here's where terms and conditions come in. And I had clients who wanted annuals with one rate all year, and they mm -hmm. just wanted to know no matter what, though that was my invoice was going to look the same every month for 12 months. I had other clients who wanted to go quarterly because they, in some cases, might have been a little bit more sophisticated and wanted to ride the opportunity of having the same budget in Q1, but maybe the opportunity to get more frequency. And they knew that I had a lot less demand in January. You can even have, uh, as you and I touched on the other day, you can have multi-year agreements uh, and I had clients who had two-year agreements on the station. And that's okay if you, as, as they say, if you bake in the terms and conditions that protect both the customer and certainly, of course, protect the station. Because as a sales manager, uh, one, you're not doing your job if you sell inventory for less than it's worth. And as a salesperson, you want predictability. If you like to have flexibility as a salesperson, think about what flexi flexibility your customer might need. Hmm, that's a good way yeah. to look at it. Yeah. yeah, and don't don't be don't be afraid to be creative, but of course, do that with management approval. And you know that's a great conversation to have in your sales manager's office, and they may have some additional ideas for you. Yeah. All right. So, Alec, let's just say in a situation I'm selling a client 25 spots for 100 bucks a piece, 2,500 dollars a month, and the rate's going up to 125, and the buyer now is going to say, "Okay, I'll take 20 spots, you know, for that same 2,500 dollars." How can I get them to buy that 25 spots? How can I get them to keep their frequency and pay more per spot? Okay. If you want to earn more money, you've got to focus on the right thing. And focusing on selling the customer more spots uh, with, a, with a rate increase behind it as the motivation is the wrong approach. So if, if you want to earn more money, think about how you can increase the spend or the investment with you and your and what you represent. You know, the optimal situation is really to add more value. Mm -hmm. When you add more value, now you can increase the budget because you're, you're bringing something else to the table. And again, free spots are not a choice here. All you're doing there is moving the shells around on the table. It's a shell game. And, you know, most clients are smart enough to understand and do the math and know that, you know, that's not in your their interest or your interest. You're just, you're playing games at that point. So I would look at what assets is the client not taking advantage of? Uh, are they buying digital? Are they sponsoring content or station activations? Mm -hmm. You know, is it time for an endorsement? You know, a great way to, to get a budget up and to make more money is sell the beachfront property. And we all know that endorsements are a great way to increase the potential for results for a client because now you've actually got that personality talking about their product. And you talk about something that's sticky when you talk about long-term agreements. Once somebody gets an endorsement and they see the benefit of that, we, we would have people that had endorsements on the ticket for 20 
plus years. They would never let it go. It'd be the last thing they'd let go. Sure. So if you want to make more money in sales, that's great. We'd love to have you because you make more money. We make more money. Everybody right. wins. Now, one of the worst ways to handle a rate increase to me would be saying they're buying 6A7P Monday through Friday. You raise the rate in morning drive. You go back to the client and say, oh, they, they want too much now for morning drive. Let's just go 10A to 7P and we'll come back to that. To me, you're also telling them this station's not worth it at that price. And there's only one price it is worth it. And until I can get it back to that price, you know, you're going to have a tough way to deal with this if that rate doesn't come down that much further because the ratings go up or something. Is there a way that that you've seen through the years that was not the right way to handle the rate increase? Well, and as much as, you, as possible, what you want to do is you want to put price or rate in the background. It's there. You, you can't ignore it. It's a reality, just like, you know, the 105 degrees that are out there today in Dallas. Uh, I can't make it cooler. It's there. But there's ways you can mitigate dealing with that as a forefront issue. So I think anytime you, you, you're working with your clients, don't bring up rate. Don't start with rate. Don't make it about rate. If they bring it up, fine. Deal with it. We've talked a little bit about, you know, ways to approach that. Uh, because ultimately your job in sales is really not about managing rate. It's about building value. Yeah. So one of the best ways to handle a rate increase then from your opinion would be, I'm assuming, uh, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, tell me if yeah. you agree, that that would be the time to bring in something additional, bring in something else and say, look, here's where we're at with the, your your quarterly buy for you know Q, Q4 based on the rates. And, and what about this idea on top of it? Would, would that be maybe one of the better ways to look at a, if, when you have to handle a rate increase? Absolutely. When you, when you have the rate increase, you know, again, avoid surprises for a customer. So if you've been, you know, pre-soaking, so to speak, and been talking about what's happening with the station and, and keeping informed, your customer informed, mm -hmm you know, you've got to have those touch points on a regular basis with that customer because you've got to build that relationship. And as you build that relationship, by the way, you'll be building trust. And when you build trust, you'll build credibility. And then when you have credibility, you can have some of the more difficult conversations. I had a, a situation when I first started in radio sales in 1981 mm. with a station that was, you know, at the bottom of the heap in the market. Okay. And, and back then it was, you know, two Arbitron books a year. The spring book came out mm -hmm. and we went to number one in the market. So our rates, frankly, went from $32 <laughs> for 60 to $200. Yeah. And I learned very early on, you know, how do you handle a rate increase conversation? And it was great to have the success, but the success came with its now new set of responsibilities. <laughs> and we had to get creative. We had to really develop uh, you know, discussions with our customers and help them understand demand change. You know, don't penalize us because we went from 20th in the market to first. Now, by the same token, when we lost half our ratings two years later, because a competitor came in and cut us in half, mm -hmm. those same customers, of course, they wanted half the rate. But when, when we went up, of course, you know, they didn't want to pay double. Yeah, the customer is always going to want it to their advantage. Hey, who can blame them? We, we all like to have that advantage. But I think work with terms, conditions, smooth out the rate bumps, think about ways that you can have a legitimate business conversation and don't wrap yourself around rate if you don't have to. I know you are working in some podcasting. You're doing even live broadcasts that I think salespeople would benefit from. And I know that you have things on your website that 
at time from time to time, people can get motivation from it, right? Get it in there on a Monday or on a Sunday night or something. So tell them your touch points and how they can listen to you and what you do with the radio rally and, and, and your online piece. Well, I'm, I'm very fortunate. You know, I, I put 40 years into a business that was terrific to me in so many ways. And, mm-hmm. and I learned so much and I had great mentors along the way and people to help me. And uh, when I got to this point in, in my life, frankly, uh, and had the ability to step away from the day to day, one of the things I wanted to continue to do was what I always did. And that's went in every day and try to make a difference to try to help my team, to try to help my managers. And now I get to do that on a much bigger scale uh, and take advantage of my own website where I host a sales success library and I put out content at no cost uh, on a very regular basis. I'm, um, I'm writing and I'm of course, like we're talking about today, I'm pulling from my experience, but I'm also doing something else. I am reading and learning every day. And I would give a bit of advice to anyone, no matter where they are in their career, you've got to be learning and changing and growing and building. And, and that also, one, invigorates you, but it helps you really have that little bit of an edge. Uh, I love the, the podcast I do with Lloyd Ford with the Encouragers. We do it quarterly right now where we bring in uh, as we did uh, just yesterday with, with two market managers, one from St. Louis, one from Kansas City, and just have some good, solid conversations with, by the way, practical ideas about how can you work through and navigate this environment. I'm, I'm open to doing some consulting, but primarily I'm, I'm into content creation and, and I don't want to sound self-serving here, but it's, it's frankly a way to pay it forward. So Alec, what what my biggest takeaway really that I'm going to I'm no use are terms and conditions. I heard that loud and clear from you that if I were to have been listening to this and I'd never met you like some of us listening right now probably felt I didn't know Alec Drake, you know, now I do. But terms and conditions, what he was trying to communicate that we should be using out of our sales toolkit. So what's the best way to describe how we can use terms and conditions to really help ourselves, our stations, and our advertisers? First of all, don't use any terms and conditions that you're not going to enforce. It's not a smokescreen. And the the terms and conditions need to be customer-focused. And sometimes they provide a benefit for the customer, certainly. And sometimes they're there to protect the quality of what you do, protect the product, protect access for other customers. So the their terms and conditions do go both ways and make sure that they're not coming across as fences that you're putting up doing business. You know, the business office has their own terms and conditions. You know, you can't, we couldn't put a client on the air and let them run a schedule and, unless they had approved credit. Well, that was a term and condition of doing business. Now, if you want to pay cash in advance, great. We'd love, love to see that too. So terms and conditions, and frankly, if you're talking to someone in business, terms and conditions aren't anything new to anybody. Uh, it, it's like the terms and conditions you get where the you get the 3 to 4% cash back on your credit card. That's a term and condition. But you know uh, that's an incentive, and it's a, a way to say thank you. So sometimes terms and conditions can be very positive. Uh, and I've, I've written on that, you know, go to my website at alecdrake.com. There's a specific article I wrote just about terms and conditions. And if you have questions on that, feel free to reach out to me uh, on my website. And I'd be happy to, to help somebody with that, uh, that thought process. Well, thank you, Alec, for your service, what you do, what you're trying to do here to help and give back all the people that gave us uh, information and insight. 
Uh, we touched about the the Lytles, the Goldsmiths, the Greenwoods, you know, even Pollock, late Pollock, you know, the guys right. that, that really tried to advance this business. And you're one of them. So I appreciate you joining me here on Seller to Seller. Well, Jeff, thank you again for having me on the, the podcast. It's great to be with you and continued success in what you're doing. I love reading your stories, your perspective as well. So I, I appreciate all you're doing. Thanks once again to Alec Drake for joining me on this inaugural edition of Seller to Seller on the BSM Podcast Network. Rate it, review it, pass it along. Hope you enjoy it. Let me know who else you'd like me to talk to or subjects that you'd like me to hit on because I really do think we can make some money together and make this work. So thanks for coming aboard. We'll talk to you. Uh, the next podcast should be next Monday here on the BSM Podcast Network. Thank you for listening to Seller to Seller with Jeff Caves. Each episode is available on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, the iHeart app, and most podcasting platforms. To stay in touch with Jeff, follow him on Twitter at Jeff Caves and read his sales columns on BarrettSportsMedia.com.